Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, October 14th, 2022. Remember the Optus data breach? Here's a few things that the Australian government is doing. This from cisc.gov.au. The government is looking at all possible solutions to protect and reissue victims' identity documents. The first one is the government amended the Telecommunications Regulations 2021 to better protect Australians following the breach. This will allow Optus to share limited information with financial institutions and government agencies to detect and mitigate the risks of malicious activity, including ID theft and scams. The Department of Home Affairs established a Commonwealth Credential Protection Register to help stop compromised identities from being used fraudulently. This register will prevent compromised identity credentials from being verified through the Document Verification Service. This service is used by government agencies and businesses such as banks to verify an individual's identity online. Now, of course, this will help prevent credentials that are used on the register from being used fraudulently, but this also means that the owners of the credentials can't use them online. Apparently, included in the register are about 100,000 Australian passports. Now, the article does note that these can still be used for international travel, but for those that may be uneasy and are concerned about their identity theft relating to the passports, then Optus has agreed to reimburse the costs associated with replacing a passport due to the breach. So it does seem like that the Australian government is putting several things in place to help mitigate the risks from this breach. This is a fun little piece of trivia from Gizmodo that I came across today. Why this password that I'm going to read out is apparently a remarkably common password. So the password is JI32K7AU4A83. Seems like it's pretty complex, right? Well, you don't have any special characters in there. There are no capital letters, but yeah, it's it's long. It's random. Seems like it would be a pretty decent password, but according to at least one data breach repository, this shows up much more often than what you would expect from just random passwords. Now, apparently, I'll give you a moment to think about it, but if you think about it, it actually makes sense as to a, a direction on where this might come from. Did you get it? Don't worry, I didn't get it when I was reading the article either, but it's actually fascinating. The password is coming from the Zoyan Fu Fuo system for transliterating Mandarin. The reason why it's showing up fairly often at data breach repository is because that password translates to English as my password. I found that fascinating. From Cyber News, Russia's version of GitHub is on its way, Ministry of Digital Development announced. Apparently, they want to do this to have a repository that's free from sanctions risks. According to this, sets out plans for the creation of a national open source software repository, the placement of created software within it, and the formation of a regulatory framework for the publication of open source software. If they're going to do this, they're following in the footsteps of China, who did this after occasionally blocking GitHub, and they introduced its clone, Gitty, a designated open source development hub. Previously, it was reported that GitHub is suspending accounts of Russian software developers and companies linked to entities sanctioned by the U.S. government with the ban starting on April 13th, presumably of this year. 
Apparently, this is maybe connected to Russia's plans to completely disconnect from the global internet. Russia had tested what they call RUNET in 2021 to have that separate infrastructure. And apparently, when they tested it, it was according to to the Kremlin, it was a success. So this seems to be a step in that direction. Following up from one ransomware attack that was in August of this past year, LockBit 3.0 malware forced the NHS tech supplier to shut down hosted sites. This coming to us from the register. Advanced, a managed software provider to the UK National Health Service, has confirmed that customer data was indeed lifted as part of the attack by cyber baddies, quote from the article, that has disrupted the operation for months. This forced NHS 111 medical service operators, for example, to revert back to pen and paper and digital services as digital services went AWOL. You'll recall that we talked about this with regards to another healthcare system, ransom, likely ransomware issue, at one of our previous episodes not long ago. They go on to note that the entry point, the access was gained via advanced network using legitimate third-party credentials to set up a remote desktop session to the staff plan Citrix server. I think one can probably infer from that that multi-factor authentication was not turned on, although that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And during that initial logon, the attacker moved laterally in advanced health and care environment and escalated privileges, enabling them to conduct reconnaissance and deploy encryption malware. So kind of a standard attack there. And again, Microsoft and Mandiant, they confirmed the malware strain deployed was LockBit 3.0, the latest version of the ransomware released in June. From Security Week, Malwarebytes launches MDR solution for SMBs. So this is something that small and mid-sized businesses should listen up on. Endpoint Detection and Response Specialist Provider Malwarebytes has launched a new managed detection and response MDR solution to bring threat and incident detection to the SMB market. Article says that SMBs are heavily targeted by malicious actors because they are often considered the underbelly, the soft underbelly of opportunity. This is kind of in direct conflict with what some SMBs think. They think that they're too small to be of any notice. No hacker would want to go after them. And that is a complete incorrect assumption and dangerous assumption. The article goes on to state that many mainstream cybersecurity products are beyond the budget of smaller organizations, just like the same thing with the CISO. And the official launch for this looks to be October 12th. So apparently it would have happened actually two days ago. The company highlights the different level of threat hunting that NDR can bring to existing SMB EDR customers, including the SMB customers of managed service providers. It is worth noting that the Malwarebytes EDRs used in the Malwarebytes MDR scored strongly in independent anti-malware analysis. So you small and mid-sized businesses out there, you might want to check this out. From CyberScoop, the White House is to unveil ambitious cybersecurity labeling effort modeled after Energy Star. The White House National Security Council will announce plans on Tuesday, that was this week, for a consumer product cybersecurity labeling program intended to improve digital safeguards on internet-connected devices. According to the article, the administration is working with the European Union to align on standards since the White House wants products with cybersecurity labels to be sold globally. The intent is that the program will reward companies that invest in cybersecurity while also helping consumers find safer products and 
goes on to note that NIST, or National Institute of Standards and Technology Standards, will be used. But however, NIST doesn't really have a standard right now for IoT devices. Quote from the article is, what we're trying to do is to work with NIST to get the right balance of security and not having 50 standards. So we'll see how this goes. Certainly, in a previous podcast, we quoted one person who noted that the Internet of Things is sort of the wild, wild west out there now with regards to cybersecurity. So good to see some thought and action on this risk. And then finally, I wanted to present you a resource that I thought you might find interesting. It's a new podcast, Summit 7 Presents, Summit Up. It's from Jacob Horn and Jason Sprocessor. And Jason, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Basically, this is, as I understand it, a monthly roundup of CMMC news. So if you are a practitioner in CMMC, you're looking into CMMC, you're you're a small and mid-sized business that is involved with the federal government and you have to become CMMC certified at a whatever level, you might want to pay attention to this podcast. Now, again, I think it's once a month and um, hopefully somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, and it's a, it's a little bit long. I believe this episode is about two hours, but there's Apparently, a lot of information. I'll read you the beginning of what's in this episode. Uh, Jacob and Jason dive into the September 2022 Cyber AB Town Hall, including their takeaways on the new cybersecurity assessor and instructor certification organization, the certified CMMC professional beta exam, and recent assessment data provided by Nick Del Rosso of the Defense Contract Management Agency's Defense Industrial Base Cyber Assessment Center. So, Check it out if you're interested. I'm also going to have a couple of thoughts about podcasts in general in 30 seconds. So I just had a couple of thoughts about podcasting, podcasts in general. First of all, I very much appreciate you listening to this podcast. I tried to on a weekly basis with all of the episodes, I try to provide you with value because I know your time is limited. Certainly that's why I try to keep the time between roughly 15 and 25 minutes for each of the interview episodes, the quick strike and the wrap up there, usually a little bit shorter, but you have a lot of choices out there and I do too. And I don't have the opportunity to really, listen or watch nearly as much as I'd want to. I'd have to say that probably the one that I've been the most consistent with over the years, probably measured it in almost decades now, is um, Steve Gibson's Security Now. I remember listening to them when um, many, many, many years ago when I owned a mini farm and would be bush hogging and listening to um, Steve and Leo talking back and forth about security. So when you're trying to find a podcast, you want to find one that has the niche that you're looking for, the targeting that you're looking for. For example, with the virtual CISO moment, there's really two goals that I'm trying to accomplish here. I'm trying to help small and mid-sized businesses, and I'm trying to help folks in the information security field. And I do that by, with the second part, by bringing really interesting people on who have been in cybersecurity and listening to their stories, getting their perspectives 
on threats for small and mid-sized businesses because not only can that help the SMBs, but it can also help those who are earlier in their cyber journey by seeing examples of who have gone further in their career. But I also do it because I really just want to help folks. That's the main goal of why I do this. I also have a lot of fun doing it too. It does take a lot of work, but I have a lot of fun. And then as a kind of a third um, benefit, if you will, for me doing this, by, by producing the wrap-ups on Fridays and the quick strikes on Mondays, that more or less forces me on a daily basis to spend time, doesn't have to be a lot, but spend time researching what's going on in the threat environment in the InfoSec and cybersecurity world. And then those things that I find of interest for sharing, they become the basis for the quick strike and the wrap-up episodes. So it helps me in that sense, maintain my footing in the news that's of the day. And I don't see everything and I miss stuff as well too. So it's important to have an eclectic mix of threat awareness sources. But I just wanted to share a few thoughts about podcasting there because you do have a lot of choices out there. Do appreciate you listening to us, listening to me on a weekly basis or even more so. But there's probably like one or more that is exactly what you're looking for. Hopefully it's this one. But just think about that. And you don't have to listen to every single episode of every single podcast, every single security podcast. So those are my thoughts for Friday. Coming up next week, we have a great talk on Tuesday with Keith Mowney. He is the COO at Acumen Technology. He's got a great story. And we'll talk a little bit then about how information security is like water. And until then, have a great weekend and stay secure.